Funding for this edition of Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been provided by the New Jersey Education Association, Hackensack Meridian Health, keep getting better, NJM Insurance Group, serving New Jersey's drivers, homeowners, and business owners for more than 100 years, PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future, Delta Dental of New Jersey. Everyone deserves a healthy smile. Valley Bank, the Healthcare Foundation of New Jersey, NJ Best, and by Georgian Court University. Promotional support provided by New Jersey Family Magazine, a resource for New Jersey parents. And by bestofnj.com, all New Jersey in one place. Welcome to Think Tank. I'm Steve Adubato with my colleague, Nicole Swinerton. Nicole, today we, uh, on Think Tank, we celebrate, recognize four extraordinary educators. Line it up. Sure. So today we're joined by Philip Polito. He's a fifth and sixth grade teacher, and he is the uh, Atlantic County Teacher of the Year, which is a great award. We have Nick Ferroni, who's a teacher at Union High School. We have Kimberly Scott Hayden, who is the National Education Support Professional of the Year and an inventory control clerk at East Orange Public Schools. And finally, we're joined by Alicia Villas, the fifth grade teacher in Jersey City and the 2021 Hudson County Teacher of the Year. What was your biggest takeaway, other than the fact that Kimberly Scott Hayden discloses she has seven grandchildren, which we found hard to believe, and, and she was a superstar, and everyone was great on this panel. They all stood out, but check her out. Uh, and also, we did a one-on-one -on -one interview with her as well. What stood out for you from this teacher appreciation conversation, excellence in education? One of the things that stood out for me is the topic of learning loss. And it's something we've heard a lot this past year is that kids need to get back to a normal schedule and can't take weekends off or anything like that. And they're going to lose all the stuff that they've learned. And I think that we are all experiencing this pandemic, learning through it. And kids are learning as well. They're not going to lose all the education that they've learned over the couple the past couple months. Like They're still learning. And I think that teachers are doing a great job with keeping them up to date the best that they can. And it's not easy. And some of the teachers were saying how much they miss their kids. And some are in hybrid, some are in remote, some are in all class, uh, all, all in classroom teaching. By the way, real quick, check that program out, uh, Think Tank. But real quick, before I let, let everyone go to that, we I'll get this out, I swear. Uh, let's go to our funders. We would love to thank New Jersey Education Association, Hackensack Meridian Health, Valley Bank, and Franklin Templeton. Yeah, not that anyone cares, but we have a long taping day, and sometimes your mouth just doesn't work. The words don't come out, but they always seem to work for Nicole. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Nicole Swinerton, and this is Think Tank. Hi, I'm Steve Adubato. Listen, every year we get together four leaders in the world of education. And by the way, speaking of education, our kids just came home from school. Two are remote. The other one just came home. We're taping from our home. There's noise going on. All of our educators can relate to that, I know. And here is the A-team of educators and education support professionals. First, Kimberly Scott Hayden is the 2021 National Education Association Education Support 
professional. That's ESP of the year, also an inventory control clerk at East Orange Public Schools, and just informed us, I thought she had three grandchildren. She said she has seven. Seven, Absolutely. is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna see if you can name all of them real quick later, okay? Okay. We're doing that. And also, Philip Polito, I'm not sure if he has any grandchildren, but he's a fifth and sixth grade teacher at Jordan Road School and a 2020-2021 Atlantic County Teacher of the Year. Alicia Vilas is a fifth and sixth grade teacher at the Dr. Maya Angelou Elementary School. Where is that, by the way? Jersey City. Beautiful Jersey, Jersey City. Mm -hmm. And the 2020-2021 Hudson County Teacher of the Year. Mr. Nicholas Ferroni is an 18-year veteran who now says he's actually a one-year, first-year veteran because it's a whole new world in education, teacher at Union High School. I want to thank you all for joining us. You honor us by your presence. Thank you. Thank you. Let me try this. Um, Nick, 18 years. Why did you say it feels like the first year? Because, again, I always joke around that as educators, we can adapt to every situation. We're so resilient. Uh, but as a, a veteran teacher, uh, everything we learned, all the, all the skill sets we have, we kind of had to adapt on the fly and literally overnight to do. And, again, like I, I feel like this year is my first year because I'm learning as I go. Again, no one knows what hybrid is. It's, it's kind of it was an introduction this year, yet we are somehow making it work. But I constantly apologize to my students on a regular basis because, again, it's it's a learning process. Last year and this year, I've been a very uh, enlightening experience myself and educational. Mm. By the way, our daughter, who was in the fifth grade, a couple days in, we're in the Montclair School District, a couple days in and several days remote because Wednesday's a cleaning day. Who's actually in the classroom right now? Nick, are you in the classroom? Yes, I'm doing hybrid. Phil, you in the classroom? Yeah. I'm sorry yes. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Nick, oh, again, what is it? Oh, no, it's hybrid, where you have students in class and students at home. Phil? Yes, same. And, and I know that the Jersey City schools, as we speak, all remote, and we're taping on the 22nd of April. Um, Alicia, let me ask you, what's the most challenging? I, I do a lot of leadership seminars and coaching, and I do it all remotely, a couple uh, in-person situations. But my obsession is with engaging participants. These are adults who signed up for a leadership seminar. I'm thinking of a fifth and sixth grader. What are the keys to quote, engaging students remotely? Well, I have to do a great job planning. I feel like I'm constantly planning and thinking of engaging activities, interesting, fun. Um, they love breakout rooms, interacting with each other, engaging as if they were in the classroom where we would turn and talk to each other. So I think if I can include as much interaction as possible, it will make my job easier, their job easier, enjoyable. They will do better. But it's just trying to think of fun activities because they get bored easily. So thinking of fun games, incorporating games and videos and interactions with each other. By the way, real quick, I, I, I want to make sure that everyone's on video when I'm, when I'm coaching or teaching or doing a seminar. Can you see every one of your students? I, there's a few students that are, I do not see, but I highly recommend that they all show me their face and they do. I, I'm pretty lucky in that case. Um, most of the students do turn on the camera when I request it. But if a student is having a hard time and there's other things going on at home, I understand. Yeah. But yes. 
you know, there's all kinds of things going on at home. We need to be more empathetic and sensitive to those situations. Um, Kimberly, let me ask you, by the way, can you do it? Can you, can you name the seven grandchildren? She sure. thought I was joking. No, I wasn't. I have Samaya, Sanaja, Samaya, Sanaja, Kayan, Kazir, Keandre, Kamari, and Kalijah. That's impressive. <laughs> and yes. the other thing, I want to make sure, Kimberly, you get a chance <clears throat> to explain to folks, you're not in the classroom teaching, but you're making a big difference in the schools. Describe with an ESP as an education support professional. ESPs are essential school professionals. Uh, my role in my district as an inventory control clerk slash assistant to security service, I will speak from a point of during the pandemic uh, where we, when it first happened, first of all, security staff in our district, we are required to monitor our fire and burglary system 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So those individuals who work in central office never had a break throughout this pandemic. They were never home with their families because their position required them to be inside of the building performing such duties. So as an assistant to the department, it was my responsibility to assist the director with making sure that a we could put together a schedule to make sure that we were able to carry on such services. Um, I returned in person into my building in July of this um, past, past July and had to be in my building five days a week. And I have been ever since that time up until the time when I um, donated a kidney to my husband. So I've been working frontline, assisting with um, various different essential school professionals, making sure that we were providing the adequate service that children needed during this pandemic. By the way, Kim, can you go back? Say that again, say that again about your husband. I actually donated a kidney to my husband in September. <laughs> of 20 <laughs> September of 2020 I, um donated a kidney to him he was uh diagnosed with stage five kidney failure and we were looking for a donor we were on the list and he um was the, you know the first uh, thing they tell you was to try to find a sibling so we were going to go with his younger sister but she had her own underlying um conditions that she had to deal with so um knowing what dialysis looked like uh, my my dad was on dialysis before he um left this earth so I knew the um the outcomes the different things that you experience by being on dialysis so I said to my husband you know what I'm going to get tested and let's see so lo and behold, I was a match. And now the joke around people is that we are a match match. <laughs> I love it. By the way, Kimberly's going to join us for a solo interview. We're going to be talking about that because we're very involved in public awareness around organ and tissue donation and cooperation with the New Jersey Sharing Network. And thank you for, for sharing that. Hey, Phil, let me ask you, fifth and sixth grade teacher, how, uh, how long have you been doing this? I'm in year number 10. 10? Yeah. This obviously wasn't the year number nine and 10 that you signed up for. If you knew, this is a tough one. If you knew then what you know now about the profession and what it means to be an educator in these times, would you have signed up? I would um, because I feel like I never, I knew what it meant in terms of what the pay would be in terms of kind of what school taught you. My, I have a lot of teachers in my family, but I did, what I didn't know was the growth and development in students and the rewarding feeling you have when you're kind of that glimmer of hope for kids. And when you're able to just be that confidant for kids, that cheerleader, and really able to be the only normal thing, especially in the middle of a pandemic in these unnormal times for a lot of students. But, but Phil, you, you talk a lot about the emotional needs of your students and you're there for them. You're, 
and art is connected to that as well? Yeah, so um, really my pedagogical belief is that we really have to look at three separate things, social-emotional learning, um, arts integration, and culturally responsive teaching. So when we think of us as adults, how did we, what did we do to survive the pandemic or survive quarantine? We turned to the arts, arts and crafts, TV shows, movies. We busted out our old records or CDs. Well, you know, and that, and that allowed us to really connect to ourselves, connect to our culture and kind of use as an escape. So then when we talk about culturally responsive teaching, that's understanding the cultures where our students come from in order to make them feel welcome, in order to celebrate them and their uniqueness and celebrate really the great American melting pot. And then when we talk about, you know, um, social emotional learning, it's really they have academic needs, but they also have social emotional needs. They also have, you know, they also, and just again, like us as adults, I know there's, you know, there's times I needed to get those social emotional needs for myself. So then when we start to kind of combine them all, what's the biggest celebration of a culture? A student's art. art. When we start, Art, right. So music, dance, performance, when we start to look at how can students express themselves, express their emotions, express their um, mastery or understanding of a skill or concept, they can use their arts. How can I, as an upper middle class white man from New Jersey, relate to an 11 year old child who has lived in four different countries and doesn't speak much English, well, I can connect with them through their art, through their music. Um, Nick, I'm gonna come back to you because um, your colleague Spill talks about social emotional learning. That's a big theme for you as well. Before we're up against this break, I'm gonna come back to Alicia also because I wanna talk a little bit about uh, STEM, if we could. But please, if you could, Nick, social emotional learning, and its connection also to social media, which is an area you're heavily focused in. Well, first of all, I just want to go back, and I think Kimberly's my new hero. I mean, hearing her story, I mean, it's you are you. I mean, she's she stakes selfless to a whole new level. Uh, but I mean, as an educator, and again, it goes back to anybody. You could think about any educator you have, you have had, and the first thing you think about is how you felt in their presence. And you know, I had a supportive family. I came up in the Italian household, had a supportive family. And I still need that affirmation from educators. Uh, when it comes to social emotional learning, I would not want to grow up today. These kids are dealing with so much on so many different levels. They're exposed to so much. Yet at the same time, they're so inspirational because when I was in high school, I wasn't staging protests or looking to be socially active or things like that. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things where during the pandemic, it, it exposed a lot of social emotional issues that, that our kids are dealing with. And again, like Philip said, even educators. Uh, I'm hanging by a thread certain days because this is so impersonal. And I know all these other educators can relate. It's being in the classroom, being in the presence of our students is what we want. It takes, it, it's why we do it. Uh, at the same time, this is so tough on so many people. Real quick, before we go to the break, at least let me ask you. I mean, we appreciate Nick's candor, you know, the end of his rope, you know, hanging on by a thread. I said end of rope, you didn't say that. I wanna apologize for that. Um, as good as all of you are, do you sometimes, Leisha, feel like, I don't know if I can do this? Oh, I do have many days like that um, where I 
sometimes just feel like crying. Um, I'm trying so many different ways and it makes me sad sometimes to hear about the experiences of some of my students. They're like my children. Are and they? I, yes, and I is, teach- Is it that personal for you? Yes, and I the, the children that I have, I taught last year as well. So I know how they were in the classroom. And there are children that I taught in second grade, part of third, fourth and fifth grade. So. When they're going through tough times at home and have to do deal with some very difficult issues, I it breaks my heart. And I'm thinking of fun ways, at least to make it fun for them while they're in school and through a computer. I can't hug them and see them, but it, it's tough. And I do feel like crying at times. And I, I don't, I don't, not in front of the children, but I have so many days, which it's overwhelming. I have to spend a lot of time on the computer finding <laughs> fun activities for them, planning, and just making it fun. I just want to make it fun yep. for them. Uh, Kimberly, I'm going to come back to you after this break um, because I know it's personal for you as well because you care very deeply. And it's not just about being recognized by the National Education Association. By the way, the NJEA is a big supporter of the New Jersey Education Association, a big supporter of public broadcasting in our state. I just want to get that out there. Kimberly, I'm coming back to you right after this break. Stay with us. Uh, excellence in education. Stay with us. To see more Think Tank with Steve Adubato programs and to listen to Think Tank with Steve Adubato, the podcast, visit us online at steveadubato.org. If you would like to express an opinion, email us at info at caucusnj.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PhD, and follow us on Twitter at steveadubato. Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners, for folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, and for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. Welcome back, folks, for educators who are really making a difference. Um, by the way, Nick may have to leave us because as we're taping, he's got a, a meeting coming up in about eight or nine minutes. Zoom. Every day, all the time. Uh, Kimberly, let me ask you, we were talking before about caring deeply on a personal level. It's personal, isn't it? Very personal for me. Because? Because I come from a family of educators. Uh, my mom was a 40-year classroom teacher. My dad worked in public education. Actually, he was a maintenance worker, just like I am, um, working as a painter in the school district for well over 20 years. I work in the district where I graduated high school. I have, like I said, seven wonderful grandchildren who all attend public uh, schools. My daughter was actually um, in Union High School, and Mr. Ferroni was her teacher in Union High School, because I live in Union. So uh, education is, <laughs> I know, small world. Education right. is entrenched in my blood. Um, giving back to people is entrenched in who I am, um, coming from a family of service. Uh, my sister works for the state of New Jersey as a tax investigator. So public servant, public education, all these things are um, personal to me. Um, I'm currently um, taking care of, as the guardian of three of my grandchildren, 
uh, two who are in public school here in Union, one who is thriving and doing exceptionally well with this whole virtual world, and I have one who has a 504 who is actually struggling. So and the I 504, think I, I'm sorry for interrupting. The 504 is a designation for a child that needs some help. Exactly. Absolutely. So we're trying to put together all these pieces um, to make sure that we don't let him fall by the wayside during this whole virtual um, platform. Um, so it's very personal to me every day because I have to watch him to make sure that he's getting what he needs, A, from the district, A, from me at home as his guardian, um, and the support systems that he needs are in place to make sure that he excels and thrives in his educational journey. So all of this is important to me to see that um, students uh, thrive because at the end of the day, like I always say to my administrators, none of us will have a job if it wasn't for students. Absolutely. Hey, Nick, let me ask you something. As you listen to Kimberly, very impassioned and committed uh, professional or passionate uh, professional makes a difference every day as an ESP. Um, there are some folks watching right now who say, hey, you know what? Why couldn't teachers have been there from day one? Just be in the classroom. I want my kids. We want our kids in the classroom. All of them, all the but, time. Yeah. But it's more complicated. What do you say to those folks right now who are saying, just just from day one, yeah. or then at some point after, just be in the classroom? Why is it more complicated than that? Because we care about our students and their families as if they're our own. And we don't, we don't see them as expendable. We care more about your kids and your family than we do the economy. We don't want to take that risk unless we could do it safely. Uh, it's not political to us. It's, it's, it's all about safety and, and putting our students first. And I will say this, and I'm sure other, uh, obviously other educators will agree. In-person is so much easier than virtual. I've worked more overtime and unpaid hours planning, prepping, creating lessons virtually than I ever have before. If we were selfish, we would want to be back in the classroom without anything. At the same time, I don't, I don't want to risk my students and their families. Uh, it's, it's Because, again, it's, it's our family. Let's do this. Learning loss, though. I mean, we're talking about how challenging yeah. it is for educators and for yeah. teachers and for parents, right? All yeah. of us with kids in public schools. But let me ask you this. Learning loss. Can you put that it's in perspective, Nick? Go ahead, yeah. Nick. Learning, learning loss is a myth. Uh, students are resilient. They're learning to adapt. Everybody's learning to adapt. They're learning skill sets that, that will be able to utilize in other forms. Uh, we're doing creative activities. Uh, they're going to my whole My whole belief with learning loss is it's, it's a term which makes uh, the situation look bad because if it was true, students would forget everything they learned over the summer, the previous school year. They don't. They retain the so information. So you don't, you don't buy it? You don't buy the no, learning no, loss I, thing? I think students are adapting and they're resilient and they're learning different skills. Uh, at the same time, saying learning loss is, is I mean, it's, that's fabrication. Um, Alicia, give, give, me, give me learning loss. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree as well that I think it is a fabrication and I do not think it's as much as what the media and the public make it out to seem. They learn so much. They might not be learning the exact things that I would have if I was in the building, but what they have learned to do with technology and what they have learned to create is amazing. Um, there are things that the younger kids teacher kids that are in kindergarten, first grade, and the videos that they are creating on their own um, using Flipgrid. So they are learning different ways and they're showing their learning different ways, but they're learning. I do not see a learning loss. And like I said, I taught my students last year. It's the same group of students and they did learn, they are learning. Phil, Phil jump in on this. 
Well, I would agree and echo with what Nick and Alicia said. You know, I believe we're preparing students for jobs that don't even exist yet. So we as educators, especially, you know, in the elementary and middle schools, we don't know what their future jobs are going to entail. I mean, did Steve Jobs learn how to invent and build an iPod or an iPad? No. So the skill set that they're learning is a lot different, but a lot more meaningful. And it's learning out of survival, learning by necessity, not having their teacher over their head and kind of not, you know, not being able to meet with me for an extra 40 minutes of extra help and kind of navigating that world on their own. Good, Nick, go. By the way, tell me why you're so optimistic. Listen, I would rather have our kids in school all yeah. the time, I, I, but hybrid is what it is, or in a situation like Jersey City, it's not that. It is what I it is, we have to make yeah. the best. Go ahead, Nick. Virtual teaching has told me, I think, it's how irreplaceable teachers are, because now the accountability is so much more on the students, where we can't give them those pep talks, we can't pull them aside, we can't have those meetings. And I empathize with parents. I know how tough it is because now, now we are we are co-teachers in this because now there's a dual responsibility that we've never had. We want your child to do well, just like you do. And, and we and again, it's not we're not against each other. We both want to see the success of your children. I just want to thank you for giving us this platform and thank you to the other educators. You guys inspire me. And please, Kimberly, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank All you, right, Nick. Have a, bye, bye, guys. Thanks, Nick. We'll let Nick go. Kimberly, let me come back. You, you were talking about being a, a grandparent and, and parents. Um, what is the message you have for all the parents watching right now, many of whom, they're hanging on by a thread, they're frustrated, they have this responsibility, and not to be a co-teacher, it's not because it's not equal, but we have, there are a lot of times I'm exhausted and our daughter, like I need to read and we need to go through things and I don't understand math and you know. Right. Exactly. What, okay. I see at least you want to jump back in, but go ahead. What's, what's our responsibility, Kimberly? Our responsibility is always to be the co-educator that Nick talked about, right? So um, the teacher is providing the lesson plan. We are supposed to be the backup resource or help to the to teacher, right? To make sure that our children receive uh, adequate education. So if a child is not uh, growing and learning, it is our responsibility as the parent to provide the resources that are needed. So if the school is not doing it, it's up to us to make sure that they have what they need. Parents are frustrated, right? They want children in classroom. When people have to work, so on and so forth. I have many members who are telling me today that I can't afford to go to work the days that we are in school hybrid because I need to care for my own child. So I get it. I mean, this is a this is a never ending uh, process at this per this current time, but this is where we are, right? And I tell people all the time that while we are going through the test, we go through the test to get to the testimony. So at the end of this, the struggle is real. It's very different. We've never seen it before. We're all in this together. And guess what? We'll be a lot better for it, a lot stronger for it, and our kids will be better afterwards. Hey, Kimberly, you should write a book because a lot of people are going to read it. You're very motivational. You're very motivational. I saw you, Alicia, shaking your head. Go. We got about a minute and a half left. We always had to work together. when Parents we were in and Vegas. educators and education support professionals. Go ahead. Yes, we always had to work together. But I always said it's like a triangle where we have the student, the, the educators, and the parents and guardians. But this proves the importance of if we all work together, we can see the, all children succeed at the level that they're at. So this just proves all along what we've been saying, that if we work together, we can create wonderful things. Alicia, you're hopeful? Yes, I am. I'm Optimistic? Hopeful. 
I'm optimistic. I try to be. I try to always think of the positive and the good things that are coming out of this situation. You miss you miss your kids. I do. I do miss them a lot. I'm trying to I'm trying to do an Oprah and make you cry. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm gonna hold it back. No, no, but I do miss them and I know I will see them yeah. soon. To Alicia, to Phil, to Kimberly, and to Nick, who had to run off to another Zoom meeting. I just can't thank you enough. And um, by the way, Kimberly's actually talking about she had other things going on. See, we're multitasking even while we're on the air on public broadcasting live. Kimberly, you thought I missed that? No, I'm actually no, talking I, to my daughter. She just came up from work and I'm like, no, I'm live. How, how dare so, you parent while you're on PBS? <laughs> it never stops. It never stops, Steve. Thank you so much. Listen, you honor all of us by the work you do every day, whether in class or remote or a hybrid. Um, we thank you on behalf of our children and our families, all of us. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Those are three of the four extraordinary educators that are with us. You know, and Nick had to go, but I thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you catch us next time. Thanks. Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been a production of the Caucus Educational Corporation. Funding has been provided by the New Jersey Education Association, Hackensack Meridian Health, NJM Insurance Group, PSENG, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Valley Bank, the Healthcare Foundation of New Jersey, NJ Best, and by Georgian Court University. Promotional support provided by New Jersey Family Magazine and by bestofnj.com. Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners, for folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, and for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too.